Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Opportunity to be in your presence. Lord, we are grateful and we are thankful. Spirit of God, we come this evening availing our hearts, availing our minds, availing our souls, Lord, for change. We pray, Lord, that you speak to us. We pray, Lord, that you touch our hearts. Father, let it not be a routine Tuesday evening. Let it not be the usual Tuesday evening, but make tonight, Lord, an unusual evening. That, Lord, our hearts be touched, our minds be changed in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God, we avail our hearts for a change. We avail our minds for a change. Speak to us individually. We pray, Lord, touch every individual person that is here tonight. Speak to every individual person that is here. We thank you, Lord. We give you honor and praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come in your strength and your power. Oh. And you personally ask him to come and come, to you. Holy Spirit, we I need you. It's a personal song. You say, I need you. I need you, Spirit of God. I need you. I need you. Yes. Personally. Oh, Jesus. Give me your spirit tonight. I need you. Oh, 
and ask him to come. thankful and grateful who are we that you are so mindful of that you visit us this way we are thankful and grateful teach us tonight in Jesus name Amen oh Jesus come in your strength
somebody clap your hands put your hands together put your hands together for Jesus we thank you Jesus we thank you Jesus we thank you Lord we thank you Lord oh Jesus we are grateful Lord we thank you in the name of Jesus hallelujah Amen. you may be seated in the presence of God I believe God is here to change us I believe God is really in our midst tonight to do mighty works hallelujah amen wonderful let us believe in God let us believe in God we serve a faithful God we serve a mighty God a wonderful God hallelujah Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, tonight we are going to, um, I'm going to begin, by the grace of God, uh, a new series with you. And um, I believe that um, God is going to teach us some great things. I believe that God is going to teach us some wonderful things. You know, we need to serve God properly. We need to serve God properly. You know, I was with a person today, and um, the person said something, you know, that uh, we were having a conversation, and we were talking about uh, a certain woman and her two daughters, you know, and um, she, um, she was telling me what they are doing in life, and how far they are going. And she said the mother told her, she told her that um, she looks at her two daughters and she can see a clear difference in them. You know, she's a Christian. She raised them up Christians. And one has taken God to a certain level. You know, very committed. She says this one, very serious with God and very committed, very faithful. She, even when she was in school and she was working, she makes a little bit of money on campus. She will, every two weeks, she will sign, she will buy a money order and mail her tithe. She will mail her tithe to the mother to pay in church. You know, and the other one, she's serious, but she sometimes feels that, no, I'm not making much, you know, so. But this particular one, everything that she gets, she pays her tithe, you know. Very committed with the things of God. And the mother said, I have observed the two of them, and I see a difference in their lives. That so much favor comes to this one. So much favor. So many doors opening to this one. And she was telling me where this one is now and where that one is. And you can see a clear difference. And then the scripture occurred to me. And then he says, then shall you return. And you will see. You will see the difference. You will discern the difference between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God and those who do not. Amen. Amen. And I, I believe that uh, it was 
confirming even the message that I intended to share with you today, um, that um, truly, we need to serve God well. We need to serve God properly. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, um, we want to share, and the message is symbols from the prodigal son. Symbols from the prodigal son. I hear last Sunday you had a powerful time in church also. And everyone that I spoke to, I thought it was the usual. How was church? Oh, it was powerful. But I was told that you had a powerful time in the presence of the Lord. And it is, it is a great blessing. And um, we also had a powerful time in the presence of the Lord. God was really with us in in, uh, in Albany, and um, we, we had a good time in the presence of the Lord. Um, turn with me to Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. <coughs> Hallelujah. Luke 15 and verse 11. We're going to read a story that Jesus told. He says, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Say, a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain, and he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand. 
and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And he came and drew nigh to the house. And he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father had killed the fathered calf, because he had received him safe and sound, and he had received him, and he was, ang- he was angry. This is a big brother. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandments, and yet thou never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with halots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto his son, Thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, this is a very wonderful story, isn't it? Very, very powerful story. Now, I want you to know that this is a practical story that really happened. You know, when Jesus told a parable, we were told that, and Jesus told a parable. Do you understand? But this is a story that Jesus told, a story that Jesus knew about. Do you understand? I think all of you know some story about a certain man. Isn't that so? Or a certain woman. That you can tell a story like that. And Jesus was also around. He has lived for some years. And he has heard and seen stories. So he told a story of a certain man who had two sons. And told the story of what happened to them. So this was a practical story. A practical story means there were real people. It's not something that you can just make up to deduce something from it. It really happened. But Jesus told the story to teach us something. He told the story, and I believe that there are so many things that we can also learn from this story. Hallelujah. There's a a symbol of the father in the story. A father who represents God. This is the father in the story that represents God to us. Do you understand? And the father had two sons. So there was a father that represents God. So then the two sons are the father's children who represent the, uh, the children of God. Isn't that so? Yes. Yeah. If the father represents God in the story, then the two sons represent the children of God Amen. or God's children. 
Isn't that so? So it means the two sons represent two groups of Christians. Two groups of Christians. You see, this is not a story about Christians and unbelievers. I want you to understand that. This is a story about two children of the father. That means they were all Christians. Children of God. Children of the father. In the same house. In the same family. Two groups of Christians. Just as us. Like us. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. And the Bible says, one of them went to a far country. Went to a far country. Did he say went to the far country? It says a far country. It's a country. It's a far country. It's not the far country to mean some specific, specific country that if you go to this country, then you, make, you become so far from the Father. Do you understand? Not a particular country. It means that you can go anywhere and depend on where you go, it can be far from the Father. Do you understand? But you see, we have a preconceived notion. We have a preconceived notion that it is only certain countries that we go when we feel far from the Father. It is only when we go to a certain country like going to a country of fornication. Do you understand? That when we enter into the land of fornication, then this person, we can see that as for you, you are very far from God. Isn't that so? Are you with me? But he didn't say the far country for us to think of one far place. Do you understand? So it's not any particular place that he went that made him far from the father. But any other place that he went made him far from the father. It is described as being far from the Father. Far from God. Hallelujah. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? It means as Christians, you can go to one of several far places. You can go to one of several far places and you'll be far from God. It is not only one place that puts you far from God. Do you understand? But any other place can also put you far from God. Hallelujah. Example, the sin of fornication. It can put you far from God. But it is not the far country. It is not the far country. It is a far country. When you enter there, you feel far from God. Amen. So people may have all kinds of things and feel that as long as they are Married, people can be involved in all kinds of things, but they feel as long as I am married now and I am legalized or I have legality to sleep with a person, then I'm safe from the sin of fornication. And that makes you feel like you are close to God. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That makes you feel like you are close to God. Because you have escaped this sin. You are not too far from God. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse 8. James chapter 4 and verse 8. 
Hallelujah. Amen. James chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Hallelujah. It says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. So this means that you can be far from God. Who are the people who are yelling to draw nigh to God? Christians. Unbelievers, they are not making any effort to draw nigh to God. Unbelievers don't believe in God. Unbelievers do not involve themselves in God. And so they are not drawing near to God. Do you understand? It is a Christian who is being told to draw near to God. That means you can be a Christian that is far from God. Isn't that so? You can be a Christian that is far from God. You can be a Christian that is near to God. Or far from God. This boy was far from the father. He was far from God. He was still a son. He was still a Christian. But he was considered a far Christian from the father. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? There are many children or children of God who have gone to far countries. There are many, many children of God. They are children of God. They are Christians, but they've gone to far countries. Far countries. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8. It says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their heart is far from me. These people draweth nigh unto me. They draweth nigh unto me, or they are making effort to draw nigh unto me. It means that there is a distance. Do you understand? It means there is a distance. Now the distance can be extended or it can be be closer. You can make it closer or you can extend it. Do you understand? But there is a distance. There is a distance. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Now the scripture is saying they draw it nigher unto me with their mouth. They are making effort to close the distance. They are making effort to shorten the distance. Now you have to understand, physical distance, you see, physical distance, we see it. It's very objective. Do you understand? Physical distance can be measured. And we can can be accurate about the measurement. We can measure and we know that this is very close and this is very far. Unlike spiritual distance. Spiritual distance, we cannot measure. Do you understand? We can estimate. We can, we can imagine. And oftentimes, we try to measure spiritual distance the same way we measure physical distance. Do you understand? 
When it comes to spiritual distance, we set our minds, what we see as closer to God and what we see as far from God. Do you understand? For example, we all think that the sin of fornication and adultery, they are clear-cut long distances from God. Do you understand? Those are clear-cut. We can say for fact that you are involved in fornication, you are involved in adultery, you must be very far from God. You can be close to God. Do you understand? You are in a long-distance trip. <laughs> Do you understand? So, but the scripture is saying, the people who draw nigh unto me, or they are making effort to draw nigh unto me with their mouth, and they honored me with what? With their lips. But their hearts are far from me. Their hearts are far from me. Khadija, do you understand what I'm sharing? So, if you see someone who is always in church, someone who is always worshipping, worshipping with his mouth, someone who is always praying with his mouth, someone who is always honoring, honoring God with his giving, honoring God with his substance, honoring God, and always worshipping, and always playing, and dancing in the house of God, and Playing instruments in the house of God. Worshipping. Serving. And you look at a person like that. You will estimate and say this person is very near to God. This person is very near to God. This person, you feel that this person is very close to God. This person is always in church. This person is always praying. He's always speaking in tongues. He's always in the spirit. Do you understand? Yeah. And you measure and you say that, oh, this sister is very near to God. This sister is very close to God. That brother is very near to God. Isn't that so? Even the way she worships, the way he falls into the spirit and the way you will feel that this person is very near to God. But God only sees a person who is drawing near with his mouth and honoring with his lips. And God is saying he is very far, far, far from me. Far from me. Amen. Spiritual distance. We see someone who is honoring. Someone who is worshipping. But he's very far from God. Very far from God. Amen. I want us to look at the things that create spiritual distance from God. The things that create spiritual distance from God. Because we can be honoring and worshiping, praying and singing and dancing, and we remain very far from God. Abena, we can remain very far from God. And for a long time, we can remain very far from God. But tonight we are coming closer. Amen. 
I said we are coming closer. Listen, believe in the word of God. Believe in the word of God. Let us believe in the word of God. Let us not be hearers of the word only. Let us not be hearers of the word. Believe in the word. Believe in the word. He says, he sent his word. He sent his word. And heal. He healed. If you believe in the word. And save them from all their distractions. Save them. Psalm 107 and verse 20. Is it? He sent his word. Heal them. And save them. Believe in the word. We don't believe in the word. We don't. We don't believe. Amen. Amen. So we want to look at some of the things that put a distance. Create spiritual distance. I said spiritual distance from God. Number one, sin. Sin, as in S-I-N. Sin. 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 See, the prodigal son was living in sin and felt very far away from the father. He felt very far. He was living in sin, sleeping with righteous women, wasting his substance, doing all kinds of things. He was living in sin and he felt very far from God. So living in sin puts you far away from God. It puts you far away from the Father. Isn't that so? Now what is considered sin? What is considered sin? When we say sin, what, what is considered as sin? 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Do you remember the story? They were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. God was taking them from Egypt. Moreover, okay, and all were and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. With many of them, God was not well pleased. You realize they all were all drinking from the same rock. All baptized under Moses. All walked through the cloud. Do you understand? But for many of them, God was not pleased. Many of them. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples. To the intent we should not last after evil things. As they also lasted. Do you understand? It says these things. This is what made God not pleased with them. This is why many of them were left in the wilderness dead. He says now these things were written or they were our examples. To the intent we should not last after evil things. 
So the first thing, the first thing is to last after evil things. Lasting after evil things. Lasting after evil things. Lasting after evil things. Amen. Some of us, we have last after evil things. Last after evil things. Every woman that you see, you have intention to sleep with a woman. Last after evil things. Some of you, you have a last desire. You are, your life is filled with pornography. Pornography. Do you understand? Some of you, you see, when we, even, if a, even a child is drawing and by accident, the, the drawing of the child looks like a naked woman. You get excited when you see it. A baby, like a three-year-old, they say, do some drawing in school, and the child is drawing. Your mind, you see a naked woman, you get excited. Last after evil things. Do you understand? You see, when you see a photograph, even there is no head. There is no head. No head. You can't see a face. And there's a naked thing, you get excited. No head. It can be Satan's head on it. You don't care. Even mannequin. Mannequin. That they are put in the store to just, they are ready to put clothes on it. To sell. <laughs> what a shock. Hey. Thank you for that window. Mannequin. Naked mannequin. That they are ready to just dress it. So people will see how the dress looks like. When you see it, you get excited. Some of you who work in those stores, you, we don't know what you are doing with those mannequins. You <laughs> Don't spoil the message for us. You're holding the mannequins and tossing the mannequins. They say, go and bring a mannequin. And then you... <laughs> You are holding the mannequin as if it's going to fall. You say, I don't want to break it. Meanwhile, we know why you are holding the mannequin like that. Last after evil things. Last after evil things. Hey, what a shock. You work in the store, they say, take the clothes from the mannequin and put another one on. You think, this is my day. You are... <laughs> This is your day. You are undressing the mannequin with some excitement. You're taking the mannequin, mannequin's pants off like with excitement. Lasting after evil things. Wickedness. Last. You should leave that store. You, see, you should stop working in that place. Amen. He says, last after evil things, as they also lasted. As they also lasted. And then they were far from God. The next verse. He says, neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. Neither be ye idolaters. Do you know who is an idolater? Someone who serves idols. Someone who places anything before God. If you place anything before God, you are an idolater. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If you have anything that comes before God, 
anything that you put more priority to it than God, you are an idolater. You see? So you, we are thinking that, oh, this is in a far country, but you are also in a far country from God. You are an idolater. Some of you, your jobs are become gods to you. Your job is a main thing for you. Do you understand? Your job, you are ever ready to go. You are always on time. Anytime they call you, you are available. You are always available. Even the days that they say, no, today don't come, you, you call them and say, don't you need me to come? Am I making up some stories? Your job has become the main thing for you. When you wake up, the first thing that is on your mind is how you can get to your job first, quickly, and punch in on time. And your job has become the first thing of your day. Your job is the main thing in your life. Your job has become a God to you. Amen. Amen. Some of you, your spouses, your wife, your husband. Some of you, if your husband is not coming to church, you are also not coming. Your wife is not coming to church, you are also not coming. Your, your, your spouses have become the most important things in your life. Look, God says anything that you place before him, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. Let's read that. Look at that. He says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Don't have any other god before God. Don't place anything that you place before God becomes a god to you. It becomes something that you serve. It becomes something that you, 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 you pay more attention to than God. And God does not like that. So look, the, the next verse, it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. That means that there is nothing in this world. There's nothing, nothing in this world that should come before God. It says, not in the heavens above or on the earth, in the earth beneath, or that is under the water. Nothing in this world should be more important to you than God. It doesn't matter what it is. Nothing in this world. Not your spouse, not your children, not your education, not your job, nothing, not even your health, not your comfort. Some of you, your comfort is the most important thing to you. If you don't get eight hours sleep, you are irritated. For which reason, a lot of people don't even come for evening um, service on Tuesdays. Because they have to have enough sleep to wake up to go to their job. They have to have energy for their job the next day. For that reason, a lot of people don't come for prayer meetings in the night. All night prayer meetings because I have to sleep so I can go to work the next day. Somebody understand what? But God is saying nothing, nothing in the earth, nothing under the earth, nothing in the seas, nothing in the heavens. Nothing. The next verse, he says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them. 
nor serve them. For why? For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. I am a jealous God. When I see these things, I get jealous. When I see that people are prioritizing other things before me, I get jealous. He says, I, the Lord thy God, I am a jealous God. Visiting the, look at the jealousy, what it drives God to do. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Good. Look, God is saying just you loving your job more than him or your, 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 your husband or your children more than him, loving your comfort more than him, you are hating him. It means you hate him. Wow. Verse 6. He says, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Amen. Amen. It says, you, you, you make me jealous. Some of you mothers with little babies, the Holy Spirit cannot wake you up to sleep. The Holy Spirit cannot wake you up to sleep. You, sometimes in the night, 2 a.m., you, you wake up and then something is telling you, pray. How many of you have experienced that? 3 a.m., you feel, ah, why? And then you wake up and then something is telling you to pray. And then you are forcing yourself to sleep. Forcing yourself to sleep. Making the pillow more comfortable so you can sleep. Covering yourself, putting yourself in a better position so you can sleep. And then you see, then you wake up again. And then you say, why? Then you are blaming some noise, somebody snoring or something. But the Holy Spirit cannot wake you up to, sleep, to pray. 5 a.m., the Holy Spirit cannot wake you up to pray. But your little tiny baby, little tiny baby's little tiny cry, little baby, you wake up with attention, fully awake, ready to take care, ready. What do you need? You want to keep me for five hours as long as you want. Keep me going. You will cry for three hours. I'm awake, fully attentive to you, ready to care for you. Not even be able to wake up by the Holy Spirit. And that God says, I am jealous when you do that. I get jealous when you do that. You have the attention for your little babies. But when I wake you up to pray, you can't even pray. He says, I'm jealous. You put these things before me. I am jealous. And that I visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. He says, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. You make jealous. You make God jealous when you do those things. You make him jealous. Amen. You make God jealous. Hallelujah. Your babies can keep you all night. You can, you can fellowship with them all night. You say, you don't want to sleep? You are crying, I'm awake for you. Is it breast milk you want? I have it. What do you want? I have it. Is it milk or warm milk you want? I have it. You are ready, fully awake, attentive. But God cannot wake you up for one hour, just one hour to pray. And these things make God jealous. Hallelujah. Let's continue to read. Um, go, to, go back to um, the um, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 
First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Three and twenty thousand. Fornication is very rampant in the congregation. A lot of them were fornicators. These were the same people who passed through the same cloud. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing? Passed under the same cloud, baptized under Moses, drunk from the same spirit, from the same rock, and 23 and 20,000. So when you look at them, they are all baptized and we are all worshiping. Oh, they fell as some of them committed and fell in one day. You see, people take God for joke. People are not afraid. They come to the church and they commit fornication. You come here and you hear messages like this, you still go, oh, you committed fornication. Look, if you have issue with fornication, come and see me. You have issue, difficulty, stopping, fornication, difficult for you. Come and see me personally. You see, it is not a, for, a, an unforgivable sin. Do you understand? It is not an unforgivable sin. If you have issue with that, come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. By the grace of God, God will deliver you from that. God will deliver you from You see, because, you see, it is, a, it is an easy access to demonic entrance. Fornication. Easy access. If and the enemy wants access into you, it's the easiest. It's the easiest. That is why many great men of God, they are able to come down, they bring them down through women. Through women. Do you understand? Yeah. Because it's an easy access. Easy access. Easy access. So if you have an issue like that, come and see me. You are in this church, you have a problem with this sin. Please, come and see me. You'll become free. Amen. Amen. Otherwise, you are, your life is open to demons. Open to demons. I'm telling you, open to demons. That is why if you, you, have, you, 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 you are fornicating with someone who smokes, you continue fornicating with someone who smokes. Very soon you start smoking. It's a demon. It will enter into you easily. You see that the person smokes marijuana. Or the person smokes cigarettes. And you've been sleeping with... You start smoking. You will start doing it. It's a dim, easy access. On plan, you begin to enjoy it fully. Begin to enjoy it. You begin to tell lies. You begin to make up stories. Always. You're lying. You... Stay away from a person like that. Demons are entering into you. It's an exchange. You think you are enjoying and you are in, you are saying, oh, I am better. Demons are just entering at that moment. At that moment. At that moment. Yeah. But you see, you are, your sins are forgivable sins. You are far from, you are far from God just as an idolater is far from God. So you are not, your sin is not a unique sin. Do you understand? 
you can be forgiven. Come and let us talk. Amen. Amen. You make God jealous. Just as the mother who makes God jealous. You are the same. You are the same. All sin be sin. Amen. The next one. Let's continue. It says, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of their destroyer. The next thing is murmuring. 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 Murmuring and complaining. Murmuring and complaining. Memorying and complaining. There are people who have critical spirit. They criticize everything. Memorying all the time. Memorying, always complaining. Always complaining. Always. Always. They have something to say about everything. Criticizing. It's a bad spirit. It's a bad spirit. Some of you, every time you see our message, we post our message on WhatsApp, you complain. You say something. You criticize. Every time. Every message you see from the church on WhatsApp, you have something to say about. Uh-huh, they have come again. Uh-huh, what is again? Uh-huh, why? Uh-huh, why? Everything we post, you have something to say. It's a bad spirit. And that kind of spirit, God does not like it. I'm telling you. Eh, eh, now purple. Where am I going to find purple? Where am I going to? Eh, 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 the last time we have to wear purple. Why not green? Why not red? Ah, eh, 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 this Kodesh family. Eh, wah, wah, wah. Everything you have something to complain about. So, so when people see you with your phone, they think you are having issue. You are, you are reading the message and you are fighting, complaining. You are angry with the message. Memory. 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 The people of Israel did the same thing. And God was not happy with them. They were destroyed. He says, and the destroyer destroyed them. They were destroyed by the destroyer. Memory. Memory is a very dangerous thing. Memory is not something that God likes. God makes no room for his children to murmur. I'm telling you. Listen. I am telling you seriously. God hates memory. God hates criticizing and complaining. Memory. God hates that. You'll be destroyed by the destroyer. Memory is an evil spirit. And God does not like it. I'm telling you. It's a serious thing. I'm telling you. Look, let me show you a scripture. I'm going to show you two scriptures to show you that God does not give room for his children at all to memory. He does not give you any excuse. No excuse for you to remember. No reason for you to remember. He leaves the children of God no room for memory. No room. God hates memory. God, God dislikes. He hates memory. He hates memory. Amen. You have to dissociate any person who is a memory, a complainer, critic. Like, dissociate yourself from a person like that. Stay away from a person like that. Stay away from a person like that. Continually memorizing. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, I believe, chapter 5. First Thessalonians, chapter 5, and verse 
chapter 5 and I believe it's verse 3 or verse 18, one of those. Verse, verse 18, verse, verse 18. Very good. It says, in everything, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Don't complain. Don't murmur. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. It looks good to you, give thanks. It doesn't look good to you, give thanks. It looks like an evil thing to you, give thanks. It looks like something that didn't go the way you wanted, give thanks. He says, in everything, give thanks. He says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything. God is not giving you no reason to complain. No reason to murmur. In everything, he says what? Give thanks. Whether it is good or bad. You see, because whether it is good or bad, it's your assessment. Whether it is happening your way, it is good for you or it's not, it's your assessment. But God is saying, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Why? Because he says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, look at that. You see, I want you to remember these two scriptures all the time. When anything occurs to you to complain, anything happens that makes you want to murmur, that makes you want to criticize, that makes you want to dislike, and that, that makes you want to say something, remember these two. Verse 28, he says, And we know that all things... All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Therefore, in everything, give thanks because he knows what he's doing. As long as you love God, it is working together for your good. Stop complaining, stop murmuring because I am working it away. I am having it away. I am having a plan concerning what is going on. Why are you murmuring? Why are you complaining? It is working together for your good. For your good. In all things. Give thanks. Because all things. Do we say all things? It says in all things give thanks. Francis, do you understand the word of God this evening? In all things give thanks. Because all things work together for your good. All things. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, stop the memory. Stop the complaining. Stop the memory and stop the complaining. Amen. Wonderful. And the last one, let me give you the last one for tonight and then we will close. The next one, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. I'm just introducing you to this chapter um, of the prodigal son and we're going to learn a lot of things from him. Hebrews chapter 3. And verse 12, it says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? An evil heart of what? It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief is an evil heart. (laughs) Not believing is an evil heart. You know, Sometimes I look at some of your behavior and it shows that you don't believe. You don't believe. You don't believe. I can't imagine a person that sits in this church all the time 
and you are a fornicator, sleeping with young women, sleeping with men, and you are not married. It means you don't believe. It means you don't believe. It means, you see, you don't believe in God. That is what it means. There is no God in you. I can tell you, the word of God has no effect. There is no effect of the word of God in you. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. And you see, there are no few. There are many, many fornicators. Because we saw in that scripture, it says, how many? Three and twenty thousand fornicators. Hey! It was a large <laughs> mega church of fornicators. They can form a mega church. Three and twenty thousand. How long would this sin go on? I mean, you come to church all the time. Come to church all the time. And you are fun. He said, they all passed through the cloud. They all passed through the sea. They were all baptized under Moses. They all, were, they all drank from the same spiritual rock. But 320, 300 and, he said, 3 and 20,000. What is that number? 3 and 20,000. 23,000. That's a mega church. Mega church, fornicators. Oh. So we don't believe. We do not believe. We don't believe. So he said, Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Let's go back to our Hebrew scripture. Are we there? Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. In departing from the living God. But exalt one another daily. While it is called today. That is what we do. We exalt you. We encourage you. Stop these things. Stop this. Stop that. Stop this. Control your body. Control yourself. You know, let me tell you. If there is God in you, you can control yourself. Oh, yes. If there is God in you, you can control yourself. Oh, look. For the flesh, it will disgrace you. Do you understand? The flesh, it will disgrace you. Sometimes, even your inability to control the amount of food you eat, it means that there's no God in you. I'm telling you. The flesh, oh yes, oh yes. The flesh controls you. You, you see, the, let, me not, let me not change my message because I, 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 I'm telling you something. Because when the inner man, when the inner man rises, you can suppress the... Some of you, it is difficult for you to fast. And that tells me that you have no control of what goes in. You can't control yours. You you can't control your mouth. You can eat. You can eat. And that means that you... Look, that means that the flesh is above the inner man. You can't fast. Some of you, when we declare fast, it's a great problem for you. Big problem. You don't have control over the flesh. You do not have control. May the Lord forgive all of us. But we are exalting one another. And so we say, but exalt one another daily. Don't we do that? Daily. We sent you a message on Thursday. Brother, we are fasting. Try. Do your best. Six to six. We're doing. We exalt you. Try. Exalt one another while it's day. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. 
if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Verse 15. While it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation. Verse 16. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Look, it's not all of us who are the same way. Look, we are all here. But if Christ comes today, hey! <laughs> I'm afraid to say that not all of us will go to heaven. If the rapture comes today, not all of us. If you assess yourself right now and say, if the rapture comes right now, thinking of what you did on Friday, Saturday, so far you have not even asked for forgiveness. You have not come to see the pastor. We have not had any discussion. <laughs> and the rapture comes right now. Where would you be? Ask your neighbor. Where would you be? Ask, listen, listen, listen. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. Ask your neighbor with all due respect. My sister or my brother. If the rapture comes right now. Where would you be? Where would you be? Ask, 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 ask. Where would you be? Say, would you go up or down? Hey! Hey! What a shock. Only Christians. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Verse 17. Verse 17. Let's finish. Our time is up. It says, but with whom was he gripped for 40 years? Look at that. 40 years, God was angry with you. 40 years. You have come to the church for how many? Ask your neighbor, how long have you been in the church? Ask your neighbor, is God happy with you? Says, but with whom was he gripped? He was angry. 40 years. Angry. 40 years. God is angry with you. 40 years. How old are you? 40 years. God is angry with you. <laughs> what a shock. He says, for 40 years, was it not with them that had sinned? Whose carcasses, carcasses fell in the wilderness? Them that are sinned. Verse 18, and to whom swear ye that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. Hallelujah. Them that believe not. And the next verse, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They could not enter in. They could not come close to where God was. They could not come near because of unbelief. The sin of unbelief put you far from God. The sin of unbelief, it leaves you, it leaves you in a land where you can never enter into where God is. The sin of unbelief, it does not make you come close to God. We don't believe the word of God. We don't believe. Sometimes it is so sad as a pastor, you know, you prepare a message, you pray to the Lord and you wait on it and you believe, praying the Lord touch our hearts with this word. And we come and then we hear and we are not changing. Doing the same things. The same thing. It's very hard. It's very painful. And I pray to the Lord, Lord, sustain me. 
It's very painful when you hear some of our church members, the things that they are doing. It's like a joke. It's like a joke. Are we joking? That is what we are doing. We are really, it's like a bazooka that is in, you have um, a bomb that you are holding in your hand. It says, 20, it's a three and 20,000. One day, they fell. Let's not take joke with God. Amen. Let us pause here. And then we'll continue next time. That we meet. Please stand to your feet and let us. Father, we are thankful and grateful. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ask, Lord. He says, search my heart. Ask him to search your personal, personally. Let it be a personal prayer. Ask the Lord. Pray. There may be things in your heart. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Forgive you of your sins. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Purify us, Lord. Purify us. Purify us. Forgive our sins. Purify us. Purify us. Purify us. Let the word of God have effect in our life. Oh, Lord. Purify us. Purify us. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us from all unrighteousness. In the name of Jesus. Have mercy. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Spirit of the living God. Oh, Jesus. Have mercy upon your sons and upon your daughters. Father, we plead under your merciful side tonight. The word says, come ye, let us reason together. We have come to reason with you at the reasoning table. We have come, oh Lord, at the merciful room, at the round table of God, to reason with you. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, search our hearts and forgive us. Purify us, Lord, forgive us, forgive us. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Purify us. Purify us. Forgive our sins. Forgive us of our sins. can change us. We yearn for a change. We yearn for a change. Melt us. Mold us. Oh yes. Break us. Break us, Spirit of God. Mold us. Mold us. Reform us. Oh Jesus.
father we are thankful tonight we give you anna lord we thank you father we avail our hearts tonight lord lord let not this be an a usual tuesday but lord we pray tonight our hearts are in your hand lord remove us melt our break us fill us and use us spirit of god change us transform us make us brand new men and women in the name of jesus we thank you lord for your word tonight we thank you for a change we thank you for the transformation we give you glory and honor in jesus name if there's anyone here tonight you are not born again you feel very far from god because of one or two sins in your life you feel very far from god but tonight you are saying like the young son you are saying i want to come back to the house of the father i am coming back if that is your prayer wherever you are just lift up your right hand and i'll pray with you you are saying i'm coming home i'm coming back i will arise and i'll go back anyone here like that anyone here like that father we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation we are thankful lord that when one of us leaves lord you leave the 99 that do not need repentance the 99 that are safe in the house the 99 that are being fed with even the servants and lord you look out for the one lost son one lost daughter and you bring home father we are thankful tonight for this love we give you praise and honor in jesus name amen why don't you clap your hands together somebody was we hope you have been blessed immensely by this message join us at 1734 williamsbridge road in the bronx on sunday afternoons and tuesday evenings for copies of this and other messages contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.